This is Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. There's a warning out this morning that uh, Winnipeg in 50, 60 years from now could be very, very different from what it is right now. This is according to a study done by the University of Winnipeg, the Prairie Climate Institute, and climatologist Danny Blair joins us. He's the school's associate dean of science and co-director of the Prairie Climate Institute. Professor Blair, great to speak with you again. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for your interest in what we think is a really important story. It is an important story, and I think we should spend a little bit of time on the background here. How do you begin to make these types of projections? Well, uh, that's a really good question. We got our hands on some really good global climate model data, which is the standard way of of looking at what's coming down the pipe in the future as a result of greenhouse gas emissions. So we have piles and piles and piles of uh, terabytes, actually, of, of data, and we dove into that and and uh, from that extracted some uh, really important information about the prairies as a whole, the whole prairie provinces, north and south, all three provinces, about what, uh, what the climate models, we're using 12 different climate models to make sure that we're not just choosing one bad model, we're choosing uh, 12 models to get the range of projections. And we're looking at uh, two different carbon projections where, you know, what kind of future we have largely depends upon how much carbon we add to the atmosphere in the coming decades. So we're looking at kind of a worst case scenario, which is the track we're on right now, and um, a more moderate scenario, uh, we, we call that a low carbon scenario. And we've been making, over the last year or so, and uh, we've been making maps like crazy and, and doing lots of research to figure out what's going on. And we found some really important uh, and even shocking things. The hotter days get longer, the not-so-dry, not-so-cold. So, dry, not so, cold. so uh, let, let's talk about that worst-case scenario, first mm-hmm. of all, uh, as you look at now right through the year 2080. What is that worst-case scenario if we do nothing to address our greenhouse gas problem? Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's the, the real stark story. So we just can't go that way. We just have to turn it around. Uh, if we follow the track that we're on right now globally, uh, in Winnipeg, for example, right now we get about 11 days per year of plus 30. We've already had one this year. We had a 35 degrees Celsius day, a record temperature. But uh, in an average year, we get about a, about a dozen. In the 2051 to 2080s, let's say the 2060s, we'll have about 50. 50 in an average summer. Some summers will have more. Some summers will have less. But on average, we'll have uh, about 50 days of plus 30. And that's a very, very different kind of climate. At the other end of the spectrum, we will be losing all the cold weather, or, or a lot of the, the cold weather. Currently, we get about, about 10 or so uh, minus 30 degrees Celsius days in Winnipeg and the southern prairies. We used to have a lot more in the 1900s, or early 1900s and late 1800s. Uh, if we continue on the track that we're going, by the end of this century, we'll have none. We'll have, on average, uh, you know, like a half a day of minus 30 degrees Celsius temperatures. Now, I know that to a lot of people, that sounds like a really good thing, but you can't have warm winters without having hot summers and really hot summers in that worst-case scenario. And with that worst-case scenario, what happens to agriculture? What happens to our day-to-day life? What happens yeah. to the plants, to the animals, et cetera? Because many people would hear that and say, hey, plus 30, bring it on. But yeah, there's a price to pay with that scenario. There is a 
price to pay. And that's, that's, what we're, that's the, the essence of our project, is to put data into people's hands about what might be coming down the future and getting them to prepare, to, to adapt. It's all about adaptation. We want to mitigate. We need to turn that curve down. We need to reduce our carbon emissions globally. But we need to get ready for some amount of climate change. It's inevitable. We're, we're going to have some. It's going to be really t- hard to, to turn it around, but we can. But we need to prepare. We need to prepare uh, uh, policies. We need to, to prepare the kinds of crops we're going to grow. And very importantly, we need to get ready for a world in which water, even more so than now, is a commodity that has to be managed really well. The summers are going to get hot. The summers are going to get drier, likely. The springs are going to get, and winters are going to get wetter, and then the winters are going to get shorter. So it's likely that there are going to be times when we have an overabundance of water, and then at another time of year, not enough. So we need to think about how to you know, strategize how could we keep water when we have too much of it for those times when we don't have enough of it. And irrigation is huge. Water storage is huge. We know that through the floods, and we've talked about it, haven't done a lot about it. That's your worst-case scenario. Let's say yep. that there are enough folks that get together and actually do something, the Paris Climate Change Accord, and we follow through on this. Is there a scenario that you have looked at that says, you know what, if we start doing what we need to do, yes, we'll have warmer summers and warmer winters, but, uh, you know, we can do something about this. Is there a scenario where you've looked at, yes, there will be change, but we can manage that change? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. We we, we do look at a, a more moderate carbon scenario. Let's let's hope that that's the scenario, or even a better scenario, a lower carbon scenario that we follow. That we really, you know, there's lots of momentum in the world right now and locally, and and nationally about reducing our carbon emissions. But we really need to get even more serious about it, and that will take us to a place that is has less severe climate change uh, around the world and in the prairies. It's, it'll be more manageable if we have fewer of those minus 30 degree days, if we have uh, not so dry summers, if we have not so wet springs on average and, and all the extremes. And really, that's what climate change is all about. How do you manage the extremes? If we bring those extremes down, it'll be much easier for us to, to manage, manage it, uh, to cope with it, to prepare for it. And the consequences uh, will be uh, less severe. But right now, if we follow this track right now, the consequences could be very severe. And, you know, not lethal or anything like that, but um, a real challenge for the prairies and for the globe as a whole, of course. Do you feel that you're still banging your head when it comes to (laughs) these types of uh, scenarios? Because, you know, I look at this and I look at the weather that we've seen in the last five to ten years And I say, yeah, this is probably a reasonable prognostication on this, given what we've seen worldwide as far as extremes are concerned. But I think that's the new normal for folks. And then when you present this data uh, 60 years from now, and while it can be shocking and jarring, uh, the new normal every year gets a little bit warmer. Our winters get a little bit warmer. And that's normal to us. And we don't get as shocked over mm-hmm. the longer term, and, and I'm wondering if there's a little frustration there that sets in by, because this is the new normal for us, and we don't yeah. see it as anything as jarring as you are, are, are saying. You know, that, that's a, a very good point. I, absolutely, as a climatologist, 
I am frustrated. We've been climatologists globally and elsewhere, or, or, or not elsewhere, but in Canada and the Manitoba and the prairies. We've been telling people that this is probably what's coming. Look at what the climate models are telling us, whether it be the high carbon scenario or a lower carbon scenario. There's some big changes. And we're, we ha- collectively have not really dealt with that. We haven't really uh, grasped it. I understand that climate change is a, is a difficult concept because it's you know something that's coming, not necessarily something that's here. Although, as you say, I'm glad to hear you say that you know you and others are noticing that that there is a new normal to our climate. Well, there's an even newer climate coming down the road, and we need to get prepared for it. And we've been dragging our feet, uh, and. Uh, and uh, there are some good signs nationally and 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 uh, provincially, and we're trying to play a role in that. We're trying to wake people up to what the climate science, the really good science, says about what's coming down the pipe. Get them thinking about it, about it, getting them accepting accepting it, so to speak, and getting them to uh, mobilize to uh, prepare properly. Part of the frustration is that, yes, it's all up to us to do something about it, but we're not a huge emitter in Manitoba, no. are we? We're not. You know, we're, no. we're... Yeah, Canada uh, contributes less than 3% of the global emissions, but we have, we have a responsibility because so many of the emissions over time have come from us. You know, there are some big players on the scene now, of course, China and India, but there's, you know, the atmosphere has no borders. We're all in this together. And so the Paris Agreement was all about that, about let's get together and agree to try to limit carbon emissions, to reduce the, the level of, of, of climate change, you know, the two-degree target. Uh, there's only one way to do that, and that's t- together. And so there are some really good signs na- internationally that this is uh, being taken seriously. It's a huge challenge, but we all have to do it together. And, but climate change is a, also a local thing. We need to get prepared for what is coming. It's, it's coming in one fashion or another, hopefully not the severe one, but we, there are some really important changes. And that's what our, our atlas, our online atlas, is all about, showing people across the prairies what to expect. How do we get under. there if we want to take a look at it? It's uh, live today. We're so excited to show people this data. It's climateatlas.ca. Climateatlas.ca. Uh, we've put a lot of effort into making a really uh, snazzy but data-rich, uh, uh, high-quality website that allows people to go in onto the map interactively and see what, uh, hot, how hot it's going to be, how, how cold it's not going to be in their future. And this is the first iteration of the Alice, and we're going to be adding lots of data in the coming months and over the long term to get people uh, aware of what's coming and mobilize action. Danny Blair, always a pleasure. Thanks so very much. Thank you very much. Professor Danny Blair from the University of Winnipeg. He's Associate Dean of Science at that institution and with the Prairie Climate Center. Richard Cloutier reports on 680 CJOB.